Last February, Texas electric grid suddenly went down during the coldest part of the year. Millions of homes and businesses lost power and heat. Hundreds of people died, and we found out later that the situation was even worse than it seemed to us while we were shivering in our dark houses. When the grid operators pulled the plug on us, they did it because the grid was minutes, or maybe seconds, away from an even more catastrophic failure, one that could have left Texas in the dark for months. I was mad as hell, but at least I thought the state would have learned its lesson. We'd fix the grid and this wouldn't happen again. But the very first few days of 2022 brought a cold snap that proved me wrong. Sergio Chapa, an energy reporter with Bloomberg, is going to explain how and whether we all need to be worried about colder weather on the way this winter. It's Thursday, January 6th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Sergio, thanks for being here. No, no problem, Lisa. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Oh, so like, let's back up and explain to me what went wrong back in February 2021. Extremely low temperatures accompanied with snowfall, ice for several days. It wreaked havoc out in the oil field. So a lot of electricity in Texas is produced from natural gas. And that natural gas comes from wells. Well, during a freezing temperature like this, those gas wells, a lot of them are reliant on power from the grid to keep running. And so when the grid's in trouble, the gas well's in trouble. And if the grid doesn't have gas to make electricity, you know, it's just like this loop. And so this was just a snafu that nobody had thought through, that if we got a freeze that was bad enough, we needed to have a list of these places that should not lose power because that would make the situation worse. Uh, well, other than we had lived through this experience once before in 2011, so exactly 10 years later, the February 2021 freeze happened. The 2011 freeze was supposed to be a wake-up call to weatherize the Texas grid, but then, you know, a few years of of mild weather and and things like that just kind of makes people forget. So what happened this year as New Year's Day was turning into January 2nd? Right. So um, it's been a pretty mild winter. You may have noticed here in Houston yeah, and elsewhere yeah. in Texas. I've been wearing shorts until the cold front finally arrived. Yeah. Right. Shorts and flip-flops weather. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a La Nina winter. And that typically means mild winter with occasional cold shots. You know, polar vortexes, Arctic blasts, whatever you want to call them, just dipping in. And that's what happened on New Year's Day and January 2nd, we got one of those those cold blasts from the far north here in Texas. Which we get all the time, right? This is not a shock. I mean, it's winter. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed yeah. it's supposed to be cold, right? <laughs> it's, it's January. Yeah, we're not supposed to be in, <laughs> okay. we're not yeah. supposed to be at the beach uh, or kayaking along the Brazos River or doing things like that. We're supposed <laughs> to be like in sweaters and jackets, but uh but right. yeah, so we got this cold blast and it was a little chillier than the Texas normal. It was temperatures in the 20s out in West Texas, out in the oil fields of the Permian Basin. And that wreaked havoc out there. It's uh, We saw some natural gas processing plants go down. We saw compressor stations go down. So why was that? Why were they going down? It's outdoors. So it's exposed to the weather and uh, it's vulnerable 
to extreme temperatures, both hot and cold. But in this case, with the temperature, you know, equipment freezes or there's condensation that produces on it and that ices over and that proves to be problematic for oil field equipment. So basically pipes were freezing. It was more like equipment and parts and things like that freezing up. But is this stuff that should have been weatherized? I mean, many companies do do it already. And obviously, there are some that do not. I mean, it's a great expense to do this, to winterize, weatherize equipment. And you have to do the math. You know, are we going to go down for a few hours during freezing temperature? Or are we going to spend all this money just for those few hours a year? Right. Unfortunately, it's a financial decision for many companies. Okay, some equipment starts freezing up. And then what happened? What happens next? Well, so these oil wells and these these natural gas plants, they have safety features. Let's say that there's a failure of some kind. This is all underground pressure. And uh, when there's a failure, stuff starts to back up. It starts to build up great pressure. There's a risk of a blowout or an explosion or something like that. So they have uh, safety features that redirect the gas or the oil or whatever they need to. And yeah. especially with the gas, it just gets redirected into the air and then went to what's called a, a flare stack. And that's basically like a little pilot light. It lights a light and sets the gas on fire. Actually, burning the gas is actually better than just letting this raw gas out there. Right. Because it just becomes it just becomes carbon dioxide, whereas, you know, you're releasing a mix of, like, methane and other chemicals into the air. If you burn it, it's just CO2, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If I were at a gas field, then I would have seen these, like, giant flames. Right. Yeah. The kind of thing that we see from a smokestack in Houston when they're flaring. Right. And lighting up the night, if you will, <laughs> on a cold night. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was gas that I assume was not going into the power plants. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, during this New Year's freeze, we saw a 20% drop of production. You know, I mentioned earlier that Texas normally makes like 24 billion cubic feet of natural gas per day. On those days, on the freezing weather, it was more like 19 billion cubic feet. That's 20% drop. Wow. And so that's something on the scale between two to three billion cubic feet that's that's normally, you know, moved in pipelines, sold on the market, goes to power plants, goes to homes, et cetera, et cetera. But instead, instead of being moved to market and sold and used, it was just burned. How big a deal for the power grid is the loss of that much gas? That's a very good question. This isn't the first time Texas has ever been hit with cold weather. Usually when these freeze-offs happens, you see a temporary dip in production you know, the equipment's fixed within hours and or a day or, or something. And it's it's not a big impact to the market. And and in this case, it was a significant drop in production for a, a short period of time, but it bounced back quickly on Monday. You know, you and me, the average consumer at home didn't notice this. Power prices didn't spike. It didn't cause that chain reaction that we saw in February 2021. But I think that everyone's jittery and nervous that in the first test after the February 2021 freeze that this happened, that that much natural gas production got knocked offline by a simple cold weather event. Just a simple everyday freeze. Right. So what does this mean for the Texas grid? Are we any better off now than we were in 2021? The Texas legislature in the aftermath of February 2021, the big freeze, they enacted laws that were supposed to harden the Texas grid. But the problem is that they created this lengthy process that could take up to two years to designate critical infrastructure, to do a supply chain map, to enact, you know, weatherization regulations. 
two years. That leaves us vulnerable during two winters. Here and there, we've read announcements of companies like we're weatherizing this, we're building this, and it's going to be like freeze-proof. The concern is by watchdog groups, if we get another freeze to the scale of what happened last time, we won't be ready. It's clear that the natural gas production could be affected by another freeze. I keep reading about loopholes in the new plans. I keep hearing people worry about enforcement. And I also like worry about the parallel with 2011. When we went through a freeze, we talked a lot about the lessons learned, and then not much happened. Are you hearing people worrying about these things, that long-term we have not made enough well, changes? unlike 2011, I mean, a, a law was passed, and there's this agency, it's called the Railroad Commission of Texas. And despite its name, it actually regulates the uh, oil and gas industry. And they were tasked with hardening the natural gas production and making sure that it's secure during a freeze. What they had done is they had floated some early rules, how to designate oil wells as critical infrastructure or not. Like you had mentioned, there was a pretty easy loophole to opt out. Well, there was a lot of public outcry over that. And there's a lot of criticism of the agency for that loophole. You pay $150 and just sign a form and you don't got to do this. That was just the draft. The final version actually looked a lot tougher. It actually designated most of the state's natural gas production, the, the gas plants, yeah. the pipelines, compressor stations, oil wells. It put them in this category where they can't exempt themselves. Right now, we're in this like limbo period before the new rules take effect, right? Correct. Okay, so we should have our blankets ready. <laughs> I'm counting on La Nina. La Nina, you think she'll hold? Okay, I, I hope so. I'm thinking this flip-flops weather will continue for, hopefully, just fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm an optimist, so. Ay, ay, ay. That, that is, of course, not to say that maybe companies behind the scenes are making investments to winterize their equipment. It, it could it, happen. It could happen. But, but I, was, I was cold last year. I do not trust the companies to take care of heating my house anymore. <laughs> there, there's no regulatory requirement. The only incentive they have is a financial one. And we saw how that works. All right. Well, Sergio... Thank you so much for talking with us. I, I'm not exactly reassured, but, but I understand it better now. <laughs> no problem. Th anytime. Anytime. All right. And now for a little bit of news. I'm with producer Dina Kesba. Dina, what is happening in Houston? So here is what I've been reading about. A 17-year-old high school student who has fluorona. Fluorona. Yeah. Fluorona. It's Ooh. basically a combination of having the flu and COVID at the same time. Oh, I know. Poor guy. I mean, thankfully, he said that he felt like it was a mild cold, and that's not too bad. And I've been reading um, where this one doctor out of Florida who said that having both could be catastrophic to your immune system. If you're not 17. Yes, <laughs> definitely. On the slightly positive side, doctors say that getting infected with flu and COVID at the same time is actually pretty rare. So, so people need to get their flu shots as well as their COVID shots. Definitely. This other thing that I've been reading about is actually sort of fun. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to beat Florona. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's a woman in Houston who's very, very happy right now because she won close to a million dollars. How? Oh, my God. She was at the Golden Nugget Lake Charles Casino in Louisiana. Oh, 
plan the slots. Yep. She took this little uh-huh. trip on New Year's weekend and hit the jackpot while gambling, which, by the way, y'all, this makes her the first jackpot winner of 2022. Snaps. What a way to start the year. <laughs> All right. That's it for today, y'all. If you don't already, subscribe to the CityCast newsletter because it's really fun and it also gives you an extra way to let us know what you think about our show. Go to our website, houston.citycast.fm. We will be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. Bye. Golden Nougat Lake Charles Casino in Louisiana. Golden Nugget. Do I mean Nugget? I like Golden Nougat. Golden Nougat would be <laughs> like I a great candy bar. It? I think I misspelled <laughs> it. So it came out as Nougat. You're hungry, aren't you? <laughs> All oh right, my let's God. start let's, again. Let's we have so again. many Dina bloopers. Come on, Farrell. You have some great ones. <laughs>